So we're just going to talk uh, and ask you questions about how you came to St. Louis and why you work here and uh, who you are, who you are and who are you and what are you looking for and and what do you do here? Yeah. <laughs> Don't be cynical. Okay? What exactly do you, what do, you do? do? What exactly what do you would you do? say you this do? This woman here? is asking me questions that she shouldn't be asking me. Wait, wait, wait. What do I do here? <laughs> Should have written that down. It's from the office. Qual, qual, qual. <laughs> Kwamini Ashwitz. Nope, that's not it. Oh my <laughs> god, dude, she is. She this can is quote incredible. Yesterday, Elizabeth. I, found... I used to have mad skills, but now I have three children and no. I don't anymore. Wait, you just quoted like an entire two-minute scene. No, yeah, the other day we. She had. She was like, "Oh, this reminds me of that time in the office." Pulled up Netflix, found the exact episode, the exact <laughs> minute mark. When this quote happened, that doesn't bode well for me. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is the Being Church podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Will. And today we have a special guest with us. Say hello, Elizabeth. Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Polito. Elizabeth Polito is with us today, and um, we just wanted to... Elizabeth's really cool, and so we wanted to hang out with her and just uh, spend some time together. Um, so, Elizabeth, what do you think of our setup here? Setup's pretty nice. It's pretty official, right? It's, it's pretty official. I absolutely love this room and this building, and so being here um, is a nice kind of break yeah. uh, from the norm. Yeah. Mm. So thanks for inviting me. Sure, man. The PC Library, it's... Uh... It is soothing. It's charming in its own way, it right? Is. Yeah. I love libraries. You love libraries? I do. <laughs> Does that make me a nerd? Probably. That's yeah, okay. I'm okay with it. It's all right. We all are. So, Elizabeth, we uh, really wanted to have you on because part of the purpose of this being a church podcast is to like talk to parishioners and, and hear, hear their stories and hear why this faith, uh, you choose this faith and you choose this parish. Um just like tell us your story where did you guys come from and who's in your family and we just want to hear about you start pre-marriage sure yeah pre-marriage uh so i am the youngest of four children Mm -hmm. um i've got an older brother and two older sisters i'm the baby of the family um it's the best it's the best (laughs) it's truly the best oh my gosh you guys are so spoiled right it's the best and the worst all in the same sentence how is it the worst you guys got whatever you wanted. That is not necessarily There's a lot of psychological true. issues that go on with being the youngest, it, I think. That is true. That, that's <laughs> oh, another no. podcast, Will. We can, like we can, there's clearly... We, we, can, we can talk about that at another time. Best mistake cool. anybody ever made. <laughs> that's what I say. That's my tagline for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was told I ruined my, my mother's vacation when she found out she oh. was pregnant. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's a lot of guilt, dude. Yeah. But yeah, it's, future, yeah. Future and, and that's And that's mostly because, like, she had just had my sister, and then yeah. she got pregnant with me. It was the 70s. Like, anyway, I'm the youngest of four. Um, <laughs> cradle Catholic. Yeah, went to Mass every Sunday. Um, RE, CCD classes. I don't think they're called CCD classes anymore, are Probably they? Not. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of my youth. So, like, you did your church thing. Right? Like yeah, you, you I was guys confirmed. Went to yeah. We went to Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother and I are probably the only ones who went through the confirmation process. Okay. My sisters did not. And then I dated a guy in high school who was 
like my first boyfriend, all that kind of stuff. It was mm-hmm. a long-term thing. It was like seven years, so high school and then Whoa. college. Wow. Uh, he was not of the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the religion that he was, which I won't mention because it's not important, was one in which like, you had to be that religion. Gotcha. Uh, and I, you know, it was probably when I was 20, 20 21. There was, and you know, throughout the relationship, there was always kind of that give and take, that push and pull between his religion and my religion. Mm. And probably about the time I was 21, he was in his senior year of college. And at that point, like if you weren't married, by the time he got out of college, it was bad news bears. And so I was given the Elizabeth, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. You are the only person that I want, but I can't marry anybody who's not my religion. This, right. Uh, and so that ended that <clears throat> religion. I, that ended that religion. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth tore down religion. Forget this. Broke everything this. down. Broke everything down. Um, that ended that relationship. Yeah. Because, you know, I went through the process of learning about the religion and, you know, trying to really discern where God was calling me. Mm-hmm. And there was something, I didn't know what, but there was something that was saying, this is not it. Huh. Um, so I ended the relationship or it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of sent me through this time period in my life where I was questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And I was in college in San Francisco at a large urban university, the hotbed, uh, the hotbed um, of secularism where you didn't talk about your faith. You didn't talk about God. Mm. Uh, it just didn't happen. Um, and so there was a period of time where I was angry mm-hmm. and just angry at not my Catholic faith, but at organized religion. <laughs> you know, how how can any organized religion kind of dictate to me how I should live my life and whom I should love and mm. marry? Um, mm. Ah, youth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, no, those, but I think those are like. I think those are kind of natural reactions yeah. to uh, heartbreak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the the first. I'm an I'm a total introvert. Mm-hmm. I I am ex- mm-hmm. extremely shy. I was the wallflower. Mm-hmm. So this like crushed me. Yeah, yeah. To have to say no. To have to say like no, like I can't. I can't shift my life so much to marry you. Yeah. Um, and that kind of. That, that broke me for a while. Yeah. What, what kept you... I mean, like, so was your faith in... It must have been somewhat important to you or like... But you, so it's... It, so the... I couldn't quite put my finger on it at the time. And, you know, my dad and I will talk about it. And he talks about Elizabeth at that point. Like, your faith was very much more childlike because mm-hmm. you never really put any kind of more adult... thought thought, or seriousness into it but you knew it was important Hmm. and i did i knew i knew in the back of my head god existed jesus died for me Mm -hmm. that i was important and a part of this overarching Hmm. mystery Uh, but i didn't know where i fit in Hmm. Uh, and i didn't know how it was supposed to look and i was so kind of caught up in my academics and in college and that i just I didn't allow my faith to have a big enough voice. Sure. I, it was more important for me to listen to the other perspectives that were out there. Um, all the kind of looking back on it, ridiculousness that some of my university classes mm-hmm. presented to me. Um, 
but it was more of a searching time. Mm -hmm. So I, I always say I'm a revert. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it was always there. Mm-hmm. I always knew I would come home. I just didn't know how. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anytime, anytime I would enter a sanctuary, I would cry. Mm-hmm. And I had absolutely no idea why. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I would go into a church, whether I went, you know, with my dad or I was traveling and I stepped into a sanctuary just to see it, mm-hmm. um, I, I, there was just this overwhelming urge to cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would crush it. <laughs> I would crush it with my mind vice. Um, Go away. Go away. Vulnerability. Go away, vulnerability. I want nothing to do with you. Um, Be gone. Be gone, you silly thing. Uh, So I was able to function in that way for a number of years, you know, all through my undergrad, all through my graduate degree. Um, What'd you study? So I have a bachelor's in uh, liberal studies. I was going to be an elementary school teacher, but then I fell in love with meteorology. Oh. And so... You traded uh, the man for the sciences. I I traded the man for the sciences, (laughs) yes. Uh, So basically, like, I was just wrapping up my liberal studies degree when I kind of discovered the science and actually discovered that, oh, my goodness, I can actually do this. Oh, wow. Yeah. It wasn't like I I was the quintessential um, stereotype of I'm a girl. I love science, but I can't do math. Uh, I'm a bad, I'm, I'm bad at all this. So there was a lot of like confidence issues oh, wow. that I okay. kind of had yeah, to yeah. overcome. Yeah. But it was the first time in my life where I'm like, you know what, that's, that's garbage. Yeah. Like I can do this. Um, and so, you know, a college degree, which would take you four years, took me a little bit longer. Uh, and my <laughs> <laughs> Extra lap. Extra lap. Yeah. Um, and so my advisor at the time is like, Elizabeth, you have all the credits for your bachelor's. So graduate. But come back as a graduate student. You oh, have to cool. do everything that a bachelor's would have to do in addition to a, a <laughs> master's degree. But do it as a master's student yeah, yeah. so that, you know, you get down this process and you won't just like walk away right. without anything. Walk away with a master's degree. So yeah, I did definitely. That. Yeah. That's good advice. <laughs> it's great advice. I absolutely... That is one thing that I will say about um, my university experience is the... Um, geoscience department so we had geology meteorology and oceanography in one department it's relatively small but the professors there are amazing Hmm. and very uh huge formative aspect in my life Mm -hmm. they were great yeah um so that's really cool that's where i went to school yeah yeah um can i ask a question about sorry go ahead will no 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 go uh so you were talking about the anger Mm-hmm. Um, how did that like manifest itself? Did you just like renounce the practice altogether of religion? Were you just like, you know, God, like, I don't really have time for you right now. Like, were you going to mass or were you not? No. And you just kind of, yeah, yeah, there was, there was no, no going to mass, no really, you know, putting any credence in it. You know, at that, at that time it was, you know, how can, and this is very, more feminist-esque kind of thing. Like, how dare a man tell me all these different Mm. things? Um, So fill in the blank of, like, all along, like, the political spectrum of what it can be. Um, And those were, like, the the competing things that were going in my head. So there was, like, the what the world was telling me. Yeah. I should think about organized religion. And my heart and my soul um, slowly 
trying to shout at me, mm-hmm. but it, I could only hear a whisper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think about, you know, Father James talks about like God has imprinted each one of us yeah. with, with a fingerprint that is uniquely um, for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was that fingerprint that I can just see um, trying to talk to me yeah. during this time That's and always really there cool. for me, but me just not listening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I'm getting from from your journey so far is that like, you might not have totally bought in or like put all the time in, but God was there, right? Right, and He was He was faithful, like He promises. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's good. It's good yeah. so far. I'm yeah, not, it's great. <laughs> and you can't, and you know, you can't see any of that until fast forward right. a number yeah, of years down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so fast forward a few years down the line, <laughs> sure. Uh, and I meet Peter. Oh. So did, did he have a beard? <laughs> he did. I don't. I. I. Peter has only um, shaved his beard completely off once since I've known him, mm. and it was because he worked at an environmental consulting firm, had to wear a respirator, you know, for his uh. work, so he couldn't have a beard. I don't know who he is without a beard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my Peter. Um, so Peter was part of the geology program. I was part of the meteorology program. Um, and we, earth and wind met and it, (laughs) they're right there. Um, and that was it. So Peter and I have like this really crazy dating history. Um, we met, I'd say around like October is when I first saw him. Um, and then we started kind of talking in November, early December, started dating in January, engaged in March, and married in August. Yes. I um, love it, dude. I love it. Yeah. I can't get enough of that. That's awesome. Um, yes. So that we did not know each other exceedingly well when we got married, but we knew that we wanted to embark on that adventure together. Wow. Yeah. That takes a lot of... Uh, like. A- a lot of courage. I feel like a lot of people uh, like even just are. I got to know everything about you before you. <laughs> yeah, and, and our perspective was, whoa, <laughs> I didn't know that about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that fir- that first year of marriage um, was interesting. Yeah, uh, wonderful, hard, um, and interesting. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, you guys were committed. We were committed. Yeah. It- I heard a speaker say something when I was at a conference a few weeks ago, and he was just like, uh, "People are always complaining about, like, ah, oh, man, who is the right one for me?" Yada yada yada, you know. And and he just goes, um, "By definition, when you say I do, that's the right one. Like that's the one, you know." And so there's just like a sense of just make a choice and then commit, commit, and right. be be mm-hmm. there. Right. Uh, I always point out my wedding ring to Peter and say, "Hey, dude." Sacramental bond. We're in this together. This is it. <laughs> this is it. This is all this we got. It. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, love that's it. awesome. Yeah. It you know, some people call it reckless, but I just think it's I think it's awesome. Because I think you knew I don't think you made a reckless decision. I think you guys knew. Um and I think that Yeah, you're making a commitment for a lifetime. Yeah. 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 And it's and you know, we talk about the whisper that was in me mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and it was about that time, like someone told me, oh, he's, he's, he's pretty Catholic, like really Catholic. (laughs) Um, and I was like, oh, (laughs) he's the first guy I've ever dated who's Catholic. 
Yeah. Whoa. And I could just like hear the the like, yeah. <laughs> the cheering um, in, in the heart. in the depths yeah. of my soul, like yeah. Does God say yay? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he did that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So met Peter and I went to mass with him. And I had started to feel more drawn to coming back to mass mm. um, a little bit before he and I met. But I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. I still was like squishing it mm-hmm. down. But we started going to mass. Um, I would cry throughout a portion of the mass hiding it the whole time like angry mm. angry that i was crying because why would i show emotion yeah. mm. uh that's just you know and mm. yeah yeah so that's yeah i mean that must have been difficult to have that kind of push and pull push and pull on yourself you're like i want to be here with this guy but Every time I come here, I cry. I cry, and I don't want to cry because I'm a strong, independent, mm. you know, woman who's trying to make it in the sciences, and mm-hmm. um, I need to. I need to be strong. I can't cry. Right. And I had spent a number oh, of years yes. not crying at all, um, in my pain and in my hurt. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I just dealt with it. Oh man, that's such a yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, that lie is, I think it's more told to, to women, mm-hmm. but I think it also gets inculcated in men, right? I mean, and so there's just like a sense of like, no, nope, boys don't cry. You don't, you don't show that emotion. You do not, mm-hmm. you, if it hurts, you just keep going and you don't. And I understand partially what the people are trying to say there, but at the same time, it's just such a lie. Like, yeah. no, you have to be a human being. It's mm-hmm. true. And, uh, um, you know, you shouldn't be just vomiting emotions all over everybody all the time. But at the same time, to not be able to uh, be genuine about how you're feeling with anybody because you're scared that they're going to reject you. It's just such a... It's like an isolating lie that the devil tells us. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. 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 So I can relate with that. Yeah. And so for... For me, every time we would go to mass, like it would be a little bit more intense. Mm. And I remember the first time I verbalized the creed. Mm. And knowing that I wasn't going to say anything unless I believed it. Yeah. And that is still the most powerful moment in the mass for me mm. is when I actually state what I believe hmm. and that I'm doing it in community. Mm-hmm. That to me is, is absolutely phenomenal. Hmm. Um, and it's a really powerful point of my kind of reversion. Hmm. That is, that is awesome. Like just, Think about the creed. Why do you think it was so changing for you, you know? Well, oftentimes, and I think we forget this in our modern culture, that, that words mean something. Mm-hmm. And when we verbalize something, it it means something. So when I say, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, yeah. like... All of those things to me um, are extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and it just kind of, it allows my vulnerability of who I am mm -hmm. to be expressed in a succinct way. Mm. And that is tied to every single Catholic in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I hear you. I hear you saying like, <coughs> it was my identity. Mm -hmm. Like you knew it. Yeah. Even though you didn't want to know it. Right. right? Even though you tried to reject it. That's. And for someone who has always struggled with who their identity is. Yeah. Even when I falter, even when I struggle, even when I try to figure out who am I, what am I supposed to be here? Like that. Every time I go to mass, I get to state my identity. And that's ridiculously wow. that's awesome. amazing. That's pretty cool, that, man. That is. So the mass brought you back. Mm -hmm. That's funny because, okay, I'm just going to pause here real quick and just, I mean, we I'll record this. Yeah, but, of course. Um, I, on Catholic Twitter the other day, it's a very interesting place. Someone <laughs> tweeted that the, the mass is not evangelistic. Like you shouldn't bring someone to mass to evangelize. Now I get it because like, you know, unbaptized people, blah, blah, blah. It's not really the place for the unbaptized. But for people who are Catholic who need to be brought back, I think a beautiful experience of liturgy and a true authentic experience of liturgy is so essential. Yeah. That's part of the reason I love St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Of course, like masses are valid at parishes all over the world, but there's something about mass at St. Louis that is pure beauty. Yeah. You know, um, and that's combined with, I mean, one of the things that I love about our priests and when they give homilies is every time there's the gospel yeah. placed squarely in your face. You know, yeah. like it doesn't matter what uh, casing that kind of comes in that week, right? There's always a proclamation of like that basic, like God loves you and right. God wants to, to know you or God knows you already and he wants you to be with him, you know? Yeah. Um, very squarely placed. And 95% of the time, it's never, for me, it's never like, oh, there's Father James up there. Or there's Father Doug up there. Or there's one of the deacons. It's like, this is my encounter with God for the week. Yeah. Like, it's it's unexplainable. Yeah. Except to say it that way. Um, anyway, so I think that that's really beautiful that the Mass really drew you in and brought you back. Mm -hmm. Where was where was Peter in all this? Was he like a help or was he just letting you do your thing or was he oblivious? What was going on? Not oblivious. Not he knew oblivious. exactly what was happening. He of was. He it's, it's so majestic. It's so majestic. <laughs> it's the beard. It's, yeah, I was going to say. It must <laughs> be. I have a man crush. I love your husband. Um, he was sitting right next to me, holding my hand, answering questions, supporting me every step of the way, and never pushing me. Mm -hmm. Never saying, like, oh, well, you need to be here now. Like, your spirituality needs to be here. Um, he has always and continues to be a powerful man of God mm. uh, and so incredibly supportive. Awesome. He's a great leader for our family. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. So talk about this family and coming to Austin. Yes. So Peter and I got married in 2006 and we were in San Francisco for a couple of years, finishing up. He finished up his bachelor's and then his master's. I'm slightly older than him. Shh. <laughs> um, you guys are both still young. Yeah, but yeah, yeah anyway. Under 30. <laughs> it, took, it took me a minute so that you're you was, know, trying to help me now. Yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. You're like, is he just stupid or uh, <laughs> what's going on What's here? happening? I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, so we finished up degrees. He um, wanted to pursue a PhD in geology. Uh -huh. And so we were looking at different schools. We were deciding between either Austin, Texas or Laramie, Wyoming. Holy <laughs> smokes. We visited Laramie, Wyoming in February. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Austin, Texas in February. So yeah. we chose Austin, Texas. <laughs> That'll make that decision for you for sure. Where is Laramie? Is it like... In it's the... in Wyoming. Oh, I... <laughs> Whoa! I understand. I mean, it's north, south, south, east, it's west. It's in the southern part. Oh, yeah. So it's not like... It's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's not it... real Wyoming. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's It was absolutely beautiful. We would have had a yeah. good life had we moved there, mm. but God was calling us here. Sure. Uh, so that so we moved here in August. Whew, bad time to move to Texas, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, these Californians and I'm we're transplants, and there's a lot of Californians here, and Texans don't ne necessarily uh, always appreciate us Californians, yeah. but we're here. Um, we're Texans now. We're we'll here. take your we're tax Texans. dollars. Yes, yeah. our tax dollars stay here. Uh, and so we rented a house not too far from here looked up online where the closest church was and it was st louis came here for mass 9 30 oh. whoa you get f you just are floored yep. you're just talking about how amazing the liturgy is here and there's just something about it that mm -hmm. reaches you mm -hmm. um and that touches you in a certain way and and that happened for us uh, going to church in california um, sometimes a little bit different liturgically. <laughs> uh, so being here and kind of experiencing that yeah. was really powerful mm. for both of us on that first Sunday. And then the um, instant that we walked out of Mass, you know, we met um, the pastor at the time and he said, welcome. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Like, welcome what can we do for you you're new here what can we do for you and the one thing that peter and i really prayed about before we moved to texas or before we were to have moved anywhere was please lord help us find community mm -hmm. help us find catholic community um, because that's what we were craving for and that's what we did not have um wow. in california yeah so um beautiful prayer yeah and instantly god answered it wow uh, because the pastor looked around the narthex and said, you need to meet them and you need to meet them and mm -hmm. oh, these wow. folks over here. And he literally walked us over to the young adults and said, here you go. They just moved here. Take them to brunch. That awesome. is awesome. Yeah. That's something I'm going to take into my, my, uh, like priesthood. I think it's just, I mean, they talk about like the, the, that the priest is supposed to be a, a bridge and the center of a man of community. Mm -hmm. So that that's like putting teeth on what that looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That uh, you you literally take people and say, Here have you, you met this person? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and that was just kind of the start of um, our story here at St. Louis. Yeah. And um, our kind of spiritual journey. And, you know, in the midst of all of that in the years that we've been here since then, we've just immersed ourselves in this world and, you know, there is something about this community yeah. um, that is so distinctly special. Hmm. And we stayed here <laughs> yeah, because of it. Yeah. Um, we had, you know, P 
you know, we fast forward, we had a baby. <laughs> spoiler alert. We had, spoiler alert. We had children. <laughs> we had children. Um, <clears throat> in 2010, we had our first child, Rocco. And then in 2011, we had our daughter, Magdalena. Um, and Rainbow. these two children completely changed our lives for profound reasons. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, you know, had to decide, like, we need... Peter needed to find a job. Mm. Uh, the PhD program didn't quite work out. Mm. Um, I'll let him tell that to you guys. Sure, in, we'll have in him another, on at some point. In another juncture. Um, so, you know, he interviewed in a bunch of different places we were trying to discern, and God wanted us here. That's and cool. he made it abundantly clear. Mm. And throughout that process, our prayer was, Lord, please just make it easy. Mm-hmm. Hit us over the head with the answer of where you want us to be. Uh, and this is the place that God said, your roots, they belong here. Mm. Um, and so we're here. Um, and Rocco and Maggie are here and they go to the St. Louis school. Rocco right now is in first grade. Maggie's in kindergarten. Um, and about seven months ago, uh, we were absolutely blessed with our third miracle. Uh, Ignatius is here. Mr. Ignatius. Mr. Ignatius. Uh, a man of many names. And many names. He's a man of many names. Ignatius, Iggy, Nacho. Ignacio. Ignacio. Nacho's a Father James special, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nacho. Uh, and so, and Iggy goes to the uh, Early Childhood Development Center here. Um, so I am exceedingly blessed that every day... I get to be walking distance from seeing my kids. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys totally bought in. You have a job here. I have a job you here. You work at the parish. <laughs> I work at the parish. <laughs> right? Like you're Talk the, about roots. Yeah, you're the director of ministries, among other responsibilities that you hold. You are intimately involved in everything that goes on at St. Louis. Um, and so it's really interesting to, to sit here and hear your whole story and take a step back and say, okay, the Lord brought you here mm-hmm. from, you know, your your anger and your loneliness and your isolation to a place of community and mm-hmm. love for a reason. And I'm sure part of that reason is that so you can minister to people in that anger and isolation and loneliness right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've talked to you about these ministries before, and that's your, you're like, if we're not reaching out, if we're not growing, if we're not making disciples, what are we doing? You know, if we're not being hospitable to people and welcoming, like these things are, these things that have impacted your life are so important to you in the ministry that you do. And I think they're, I mean, St. Louis is great. We can always improve though. I think they're so essential for how we do ministry at St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, so for to, to sit here and listen and look at where you're at right now from an outsider's perspective, <clears throat> it's really incredible what God can do. I mean, would you think that you would ever work for a Catholic church? No. You wanted to be a meteorologist, right? Yeah. Yep. And so, and so often Rocco always asks me, mama, when are you going to get a job in meteorology? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, he's, he's exceedingly blunt, exceedingly direct. Bright. Um, the boy is bright. Yeah. He's, he is. He's too smart for his own good. Sometimes. He is sometimes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's really, it's God who kind of has his hand in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I try to explain to Rocco, I say, where do I work? And he can point at the parish offices um, 
and it's the explanation of I made distinct choices. I can go and get a job in meteorology. Mm-hmm. I can go into the sciences and, work, right? and function in that arena. Um, but I choose to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I choose to try to figure out what God wants of me in this job. Mm. Um, and I choose to make these decisions for my family mm-hmm. um, so that our kids can have this Catholic education and that I can be so close to them mm-hmm. and be there when they need me. Sure. Sure. It's amazing that you're able to, you were able to choose, you know, you, you, I really hear a lot of just like you, you discern, right? Like you really uh, say, Lord, where do you want me? And I'm going to go that way because that's, that's what you want of me. And I want to do your will. Um, so it's it was really a uh, seems like there's a really clear um, desire in your heart to do the will of God um, and to whatever that whatever form that takes. You know, I mean, he could have said, "Well, maybe you should get a meteorology yeah. job, right?" I mean, like, and that would have been it, it would have been, been okay. It would have been fine, right? Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with um, with that. Um, sometimes I think that there's a danger, and I don't. I'm not implying that this is what you were saying, but there's a danger that like, oh, I have to work for the church to be a disciple, right? And which is ridiculous. Right. Uh, that's not what you're saying. You're just saying, I I want to do whatever God wants me to do. And mm-hmm. it's a blessing in this way um, that I get to be so close to my kids and I get right. to do these things. And I always, and I my, my prayer is always, God, I, I am not the most intelligent person when it comes to this. So please make any decision <laughs> exceedingly easy Hit me over the head with it, please. Yeah. Uh, and it always just kind of, yeah. All the doors close that I think what I want, and all the doors open in the arena that, in hindsight, I can say, no, that is exactly that's what. exactly what God wanted. Yeah. That's really cool. I this so this past Sunday we heard the gospel like drop your nets, answer the call, you know. And it was a moment for me. I'm going to make this about me now. It was a moment for me to kind of like uh, sit back and go, I'm here because I'm called here, right? doesn't always feel great, but I'm here to fulfill some mission. Mm-hmm. So Lord, like help me hold your people in my heart and do this work. Um, and I think that whatever our missions are, whether it's, you know, moving from California to Austin or Laramie, Wyoming, or... Uh, you know, work a job or what I think, I just think it's, you you can't do it without submitting to the will of the Lord. And that's Mm. one of the hardest prayers to make, but it's the best, I think. Thy will be done. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. it's really tough. You know, that's, it's such a, I I love the, what you said there, Tom, about the, um, like being sent, like I'm sent here to these people, you know, and that, that you really see the, and I hear that in yours as well your story that um, like you really are, you guys you talked about being sent or being called to Austin to put down roots here in this place. Um, and it takes different forms for different mm-hmm. vocations, right? Um, for y'all, that was a discernment that you and Peter made with the Lord. Um, you know, I, I think about like a priest, you know, I'm preparing to be a priest. So wherever I'm sent, whatever parish I'm sent to, there's like a, a, a really beautiful gift of just saying, yep, that's where I'm supposed to go and I'm going to do my best in that place. And it's probably going to cost me mm-hmm. something, you know, it's probably going to cause me to suffer. 
Sure. Um, but uh, uh, one of my prayers when I um, when I was sent to a, a, a new assignment um, in seminary was just like, Lord, help me to learn to love this place or help me to learn to love the people here and that kind of thing. Um, and he really fulfills that. Like he, like, cause I knew in my heart, there was a, there was a part of my heart that's like, well, why didn't I get, why didn't I get this assignment or why didn't I get to do this or, yeah. and it's like, no, uh, there's the will of God here. Yeah. And so, uh, there's a gift here for you to be, and, and there's people here, uh, that you're supposed to love. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, I think that there's just a piece that comes from being able to say that. Definitely. Elizabeth, thanks for sharing. I know it's not the whole story. Was there anything else that you wanted to say? No, I think that, you know, that, that piece of it is there. That's the overview. I can always talk about other things. I could talk all day if you need me to. (laughs) We'll we'll have you on for an NFP conversation. There you go. There you go. It'll be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, But seriously, thank you for, for coming in here and talking about this because I, the reason we want to do this is because um, everyone's got something like this in their life. You know, we've all got traces of, of where God has called us to and away from, and mm-hmm. he's working in all of our lives. And I think that when we share stories like yours, um, we really hear uh, other people's uh, experiences of this. And, and we can more easily look at our own lives and say, well, where's God working in my life and yeah. reflect on that and tell our story and our stories <clears throat> Or how we share faith. That's mm-hmm. how we share. <clears throat> excuse me. How we share God with the with the world. Yeah, I think. So thanks so much for for being here. Anytime. All right. This has been the, another episode. Just another episode, Will, of the Being Church podcast. <laughs> uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. I, I just guess. didn't know if you wanted to say bye know. or not, Will. Okay. Uh, just, goodbye. It's like you're Good like people. the guy at the party who doesn't say bye; he just leaves. Oh. <laughs> All right, peace, y'all. I have done that.